Hi, my name is Mark Brett. I'm starting a podcast because it seems like a good thing to do. I've uh, kept uh, blogs in the past and I feel like it might be worth doing a podcast instead because I don't really read any blogs by any other people, but I do listen to podcasts uh, during commuting and everything, so it's more convenient. Um, this is the very first one, so it's probably going to be pretty bad um, as I get used to it, recording audio and just doing the whole process. Um, and as I said, I kept a blog before. I, I'm keeping a blog right now, but I first did that while I was living in mainland China, teaching English as a foreign language. So to start with, I am going to just read that and then um, comment on it. So I will read um, each post all the way through, and then I will read it again, but break it up into chunks and provide some contemporary commentary on it. Okay, so um, I will start with the first one right now. And this dates from Friday, November 4th, 2011. Um, the title is Introduction to Living in Hangzhou. I just arrived a few days ago, jet-lagged and still barely moved in. I have to start teaching today, which seems kind of sudden. I'm really not sure if I'm ready yet. Luckily, the class is divided up with a local teacher who speaks Chinese and will hopefully help me get started. <clears throat> Living in a place where very few people speak English is incredibly stressful. I really need to learn how to say more than hello and thank you in Chinese. Luckily, I'm going to start Chinese lessons soon. China is pretty dirty, but I was kind of expecting that. The air is so polluted it tends to give me a headache. People seem pretty nice in general, but are incredibly impolite in a lot of ways. I guess it's just a different culture. There are dedicated bicycle paths like mini roads on the side of the main roads, but that doesn't stop people sometimes nearly running you over on the sidewalk. There are a surprisingly large number of expensive cars, BMWs, etc. Hangzhou is apparently one of the richest cities in China. The school I teach at, English First Hangzhou East School, is very modern and obviously well-funded. It has cutting-edge technology and resources and flooring that looks like carpet but isn't. I was particularly impressed by this. Hopefully all this technology will make teaching easier and not needlessly complicated. The other teachers seem, teachers seem nice so far mostly Britishers, with three Americans, including myself, as well as a South African, a Pole, and a Cuban director of studies. The company itself is apparently Swedish, so you know it's good. Hopefully there will be some more in-depth, profound, and unnecessarily analytical posts to come, but I'm not sure how much spare time I'll have. I'm not sure how much introspection to include or what tone to use when I write. For now, I'll probably err on the more formal side. Okay, so... <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I still vividly remember uh, traveling to China. I had taken the train from D.C. Uh, my sister drove me down to D.C. where she was living at the time, Washington, D.C. Um, and I took the train overnight from the train station in Washington uh, to Chicago. Um, this is a city that I uh, had always flown into or almost always flown into uh, the USA via as a kid from, from London. Um, it's also where my parents met, so it, uh, I have a lot of memories of Chicago from when I was a young kid, but I hadn't been there in, geez, a long time when I went there, um, and I haven't been back in a long time since then either, so, but, uh, it is a nice city, and it's, uh, I'm a lot more used to New York now, I guess, so while I was there, I remember it felt very spacious, like, similar to New York, but more spacious, um, but obviously some of my, um, early memories are, 
from Chicago or traveling through Chicago anyway. Um, um, I just arrived a few days ago, jet lagged and still barely moved in. So I got the train to the Bay Area in California and I stayed with my um, piano teacher from when I was a kid for a week. And that was a great experience because I'd never been to California before. And it's really beautiful. And um, San Francisco was a really nice city, um, really beautiful. And um, it was really cold on the East Coast at that time, I remember. So it was kind of nice to be in California. Um, and um, so I flew from San Francisco to LA, but the flight was late. So I missed the flight from LA to Shanghai. Um, so I got a free night in uh, Los Angeles at a uh, hotel airport. And I remember I went to, um, I wanted to visit, uh, I wanted to eat California pizza because I'd always heard bad things. So I thought, well, how bad can it be? So I went to California Pizza Kitchen and it was fine. I took a, ta- a taxi from the, um, from the airport. And uh, when I got to the, uh, after I ate the pizza, um, I tried to get a taxi back. This was before Uber and stuff had been kind of really fully introduced. And I went outside the restaurant. There were no taxis at all. Um, I was, oh, this is, this is LA. So I had to like look up a taxi company and call a taxi. Um, so that worked out okay, I guess. But I remember when I, when I, um, first got into China, um, I was mostly just thinking about how nice California is. Um, so I flew, um, I flew from, uh, LA to Shanghai and they told me, um, when I got there, my luggage was delayed, so I didn't get that straight away. But I remember when I first flew into the Shanghai airport, um, it seemed you know, nice enough. It was not anything different than most other airports I'd been to. Um, but it was, I went down to where I was supposed to, the woman from the, my company met me with a sign and she took me down to this little bus stop thing in the kind of some corner of the airport. And there I could tell that it definitely was um, a little grimier uh, than most places in the West. Um, just a kind of a little, it's hard to describe. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'll continue reading. So I have to start teaching today, which seems kind of sudden. I'm really not sure if I'm ready yet. Luckily the class is divided up with a local teacher who speaks Chinese and will hopefully help me get started. So yeah, the first um, class I did was the little kids, really little kids. And um, I did it with a co-teacher, a local girl, um, who spoke fluent Mandarin, obviously. Um, and that was pretty helpful because the kids were, they, you know, they didn't even speak Mandarin that well. They were so young. Um, but, um, yeah, that wasn't really my favorite class. But it was useful having a, um, you know, a local co-teacher in there. Um, so the next thing says, living in a place where very few people speak English is incredibly stressful. I really need to learn how to say more than hello and thank you in Chinese. Luckily, I'm going to start Chinese lessons soon. So yeah, that was a big problem when I first got there. Um, I had known for pretty much my whole life, I think, you know, hello, ni hao, and thank you, xie xie. Um, I took the Chinese lessons. I'm not sure how helpful they were, but just living in China, um, it eventually kind of, uh, I picked up a bit. Um, so it made it easier. One thing that was really difficult was, um, most of the signs would be written in Chinese characters. And if you're in a foreign country, say you're in France or Spain or Mexico or, uh, somewhere that uses the Latin alphabet, you can usually read it and just kind of phonetically say, oh, that's by the bishbash, whatever. But with the Chinese characters, you can't really do that. So it's you feel much more. Um, you can't think, oh, that's by that street. It's just some characters. Uh, so it was very disorienting, um, especially at first. 
Um, but yeah, so it, it, I mean, I did learn some Mandarin eventually. Um, I remember my uh, my flatmate, my uh, uh, roommate, was from England, and he um, he explained to me um, that uh, the the main street that we went down from where where I lived to where we worked um, was Jiangguo Beilu. And he explained it as uh, Bei Lu. Lu is street and Bei means north. And he used the example, and this is always the best way I think to teach, is to give very concrete uh, material examples. Because he said that Beijing is north capital, Bei being north, um, Jing being capital, and then Nanjing is uh, south capital. So Bei is north and Nan is south. Um, Beijing, north capital, Nanjing, south capital. So that was very useful. Um, and then I learned the points of the compass as well pretty early on because uh, there's the West Lake in Hangzhou, uh, Sihu, so Si being uh, West. But I'm not going to bore you with that. Um, Mandarin is a difficult language, but uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. It doesn't have all the kind of crazy grammar like a lot of European languages. It's just the tones can be extremely difficult. Um, okay, so I will read the next part. Uh, <clears throat> China is pretty dirty, but I was kind of expecting that. The air is so polluted, it tends to give me a headache. People seem pretty nice in general, but are incredibly impolite in a lot of ways. I guess it's just a different culture. There are dedicated bicycle paths, like many roads, on the side of the main roads, but that doesn't stop people sometimes nearly running you over on the sidewalk. There are a surprisingly large number of expensive cars, BMWs, etc. Hangzhou is apparently one of the richest cities in China. So yeah, it, it was kind of grimy. My, my old boss in Princeton had been to China and she told me that too. I couldn't exactly picture what she meant by that. Um, I, when I was a kid, I lived in Egypt. So I kind of, I'm familiar with, you know, non first world places. Um, and, uh, but it's not as dirty as Egypt was when I was a kid. I remember there were streets in, in Alexandria where they were just like the whole thing was filled with garbage. Um, there was nothing like that anywhere in China, but most places just had a kind of like a film of just grime. Not most places, but many places. And things often just didn't work or were just kind of a little uh, often broken. Um, I mean, it's changed so much. The thing about China is it constantly changes so rapidly. The The... <clears throat> the, the the economy is growing at such a rapid rate, um, even now, and it's less now than it was. But when I would go back later to China from uh, more recently when I was working in Hong Kong, I would go back to visit Hangzhou and it was just not unrecognizable, but whole areas were just like transformed into kind of like just it's it's remarkable just how how fast it's uh, even during the time I was there. And I mean, you look back like what it would have been like just 20 years ago it would have been an entirely different country. Um uh, I, I worked with one who was actually the husband of um, a woman I worked with. She was Polish and he was uh, Hangzhou uh, local. And he said that in some ways it was actually better before. And that is because it was less polluted back then. Um, I mean, you go back far enough and it definitely wouldn't have been better what with the political situation and such. But um, I think some people, you know, they kind of miss the old days of clear weather and lack of smog. <clears throat> and um, yeah, so there were some really nice cars. I remember down by the West Lake, which is one of the nicer areas in Hangzhou, especially when I first got there. I mean, the nice parts have, you know, expanded. Um, but down by the West Lake, Sihu was always really nice. And there was a, what was it? It was a Maserati dealer, I think. Um, and, you know, various, and there was a Ferrari dealer in Hangzhou too. And, you know, Mercedes, um, all sorts of nice cars. 
um, that whole area, eastern China, is really the wealthiest part of China. Zhejiang Province is very rich. Hangzhou is very rich. Shanghai is obviously very rich. Um, so it's not necessarily representative of. I mean, Shanghai is. It's not quite like Hong Kong, but Shanghai is really a kind of. It's very different than even Hangzhou is a, another step beyond Shanghai in terms of being Chinese.、Um, and then you get outside Zhejiang Province, and it's even more so. It's like another step. It's kind of、uh, gradations. Terrorist, a terrorist.、Uh, each level is more Chinese than the next, I guess. But it's a, it's a big country, so.、Um, yeah. So I.、Uh, I guess I shouldn't talk about too much because I have more posts. I guess for later on. Okay, the next part says the school I teach at, English First Hangzhou East School, is very modern and obviously well funded. It has cutting edge technology and resources and flooring that looks like carpet but isn't. I was particularly impressed by this. Hopefully, all this technology will make make teaching easier and not needlessly complicated. The other teachers seem nice so far, mostly Britishers with three Americans, including myself. As well as a South African, a Pole, and a Cuban director of studies, the company itself is apparently Swedish, so you know it's good. So yeah, the the school was the center was on two separate floors on the fourteenth floor, which might have actually been the thirteenth floor because they tend to、um, take superstitions there very seriously. Like organized religion is much, you know, it's very much repressed. I mean, especially now, but even back then.、Um, Organized religion is not nearly what it is in the West,、um, but superstitions. I mean, a lot of traditional Chinese folk religion consists of、uh, superstition, and then they adopt、um, Western superstitions as well. So there's no thirteenth floor; it just went from twelve to fourteen. So I guess it technically would have been the thirteenth floor, except that there was another floor missing because some other floor number is、uh, unlucky in Chinese Chinese culture. So that didn't have a floor either.、Um, But yeah, so it was split between two different floors, which was often inconvenient and、uh, a hassle, to be honest. Getting from class to class, especially if you were on different floors, having to go up and down the elevator, like ten floors to the fourth floor to the fourteenth or fifteenth floor.、Um, but it was nice; like it was kind of.、Uh, it's interesting. Like there's almost nothing is carpeted in China,、um, and these floors were made to look like carpet.、Um, it's kind of plasticky. I don't know why they did that. Maybe they thought us Westerners would be more comfortable with it. Um, it, yeah, it did occur to me there was there's never any or almost never any carpet in China, which is, I, I mean, there's kind of in Asian culture and a lot of cultures like the floor is very you always take your shoes off when you go in a house and everything, and I guess it's because carpets would absorb dirt and it's to keep it cleaner and it is there is more dirt on the floor outside so it's it can be grimy and I mean it makes sense but、uh, it was it was kind of funny how it looked like carpet but it wasn't actually carpet it's like oh I'm gonna lie down on this I mean not. Not that you would actually lie down on the floor, but it's like if you were, you think, "Oh man, it's gonna be nice carpet." But no, it's actually hard plastic.、Um, so I'll talk more about the other co-teachers. I didn't meet、um, a lot of them when I wrote this. I hadn't met some of them. There were actually two South Africans, and some various other people, an Australian,、uh, and some other people. But because we were split between two floors and we worked on different days some of the time, I didn't meet everyone by the time I had written this.、Um, And、um, yeah, so I'll read the last part. Hopefully, there will be some more in-depth, profound, and unnecessarily analytical posts to come. But I'm not sure how much spare time I'll have. I'm not sure how much introspection to include or what tone to use when I write. For now, I'll probably err on the more formal side. So, in terms of formality, I think I had someone in my family, my mom, or someone had told me my grandma in England was、uh, reading it, and my family in England. So I thought, well, I'm going to keep it pretty.、Uh, 
pretty, you know, uh, formal and uh, proper and um, very respectful. No, no, you know, um, none of the the naughtier side of things that you, know, you get on with. Um, but um, I mean, I think that was the best decision, probably. Um, it. Um, I mean, I, I, I those few days when I first got there, it's all kind of coming back now. I was so jet lagged because it's literally the other side of the world. Going to California, I guess, helped a little bit first, but, you know, not that much. And so I was kind of like in a haze. Like, I remember I went, to, I had lunch with the, my boss, the Cuban guy, Eduardo, um, at this Western restaurant um, that was in the building of where I worked. And it was funny because it was such kind of like, it wasn't bad food, but it was just such a kind of it was not that good. It was like English food, British food, a British interpretation. I had like spaghetti bolognese, which is huge in England. And it was kind of like, it's always that kind of like a bit naff as they would say in England. Um, so it's kind of like that. Um, it's funny because when I went back to Hangzhou the last time, I went to this amazing burger restaurant. So it shows how much it's really like, I guess, gentrifying. Um, but yeah, that lunch was pretty, uh, and it was just kind of such a grim, I was so jet lagged and it was just so surreal. Like, I mean, China is, it's an absolutely incredibly surreal experience to know that you're going to be living there for at least a year. Um, it was gray because of the smog. Um, and I was just having lunch with him and so jet lagged. He was explaining to me about everything. And it was, you know, it was really hard to take it all in. I remember they, they give you boiled water always because it's, you know, cleaner because you can't drink the water there. Um... My uh, my one flatmate who uh, he, he had a girlfriend or something from Ireland who was there at the time and <clears throat> they were out and uh, she had bought a chicken and had to cut off she wanted me to cut off the legs because uh, she was kind of intimidated by doing that I mean I'm kind of intimidated too like cutting off actual like the legs of a chicken <laughs> but um yeah, all sorts of, like little weird things like that um I'm 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 gonna write some of this down. Um, some of these memories from when I first got there because it really was a very strange and surreal experience. Um, I mean, especially at first, it was kind of... Overall, it was a wonderful experience. I, it was one of the best times of my life. But when I first got there, it was kind of... I remember I would wake up in the morning and you always hear the the bus, you know, shouting stuff out in Mandarin um, and with like the, like the ding-dong thing. And every morning when you're in that kind of um, half-woken-up phase while you're kind of not woken up uh, and lying in bed, but while you're just kind of just waking up, I remember I would be thinking to myself, okay, you're in China, don't freak out when you're fully awake. Because, it, I mean, there were times it was grim. I, I really had to steal myself. I said, all right, you have to like commit yourself to this because it's, it's not an easy experience living in, I mean, like if you're rich and live in Shanghai maybe, but um, living as an English teacher in a town like Hangzhou, which is, you know, massive, you know, bigger than New York uh, by population, but... Um, I, guess, I guess like the eighth biggest city in China or something like that, but it's not it's not Shanghai or Guangzhou or something so it's kind of, and it really is, it's a, a whole different world like and we're going down to the little corner like sort of 7-Eleven sort of store corner store and they have all this like little like Chinese stuff in the counter um, as well as you know all like western stuff and coke and uh, kinder they had a lot of kinder chocolate there I remember but um I ate a lot of bouts those first few days, which were like little buns with um, stuff inside. I got kind of sick of them because I had it for breakfast every morning. When I was first there, I got kind of sick of those. Um, but yeah, it was it was a very very strange experience. I mean, it was it was because it was it was so gray. Like it was the smog. Like as I said in the post, like the smog. Like it, you would breathe in, it would give you kind of a headache. And oh man, I remember my my one flatmate. He would run marathons, and I thought, you're crazy man, how do you run marathons in this in this uh, 
climate, this, this air pollution. Um, I mean, there are places in China that are much worse um, and places that are better, but in the winter especially, it was very, very gray and smoggy and it could be pretty grim. And I had just been in California for the first time, so I was definitely pretty homesick for the USA, especially at first. But the people were so kind and generous and welcoming. But I mean, when I first wrote this, I hadn't even met everyone yet, everyone that I worked with um, and people that I would meet. But it was it was definitely an experience getting there for the first time. I will I'll say more stuff when I uh, do the other posts, too, because I expand on these. I don't want to say everything now. Um, I don't know how long to make these. Um, I'll try to do them once a week so that if they're a little bit short, at least they'll be frequent. And this is the first one, so give me a break. It's not going to necessarily be that good, but uh, I hope you enjoy it uh, wherever you're listening to it while you're commuting or whatever. And um, I will make it nicer. I'll hopefully get some people to talk on it, get guests and so forth. Um, and I'll, you know, make make a jingle or whatever. But, uh, you know, this is just, uh, you know, this is the beginning. It's just going to, it's only going to get better from here. So thank you very much. Bye.